look for avenues of passive income because when you're working a full-time job, um, if you can make passive income through your artwork, that's, I mean, that's the best way to go about it. Um, it's something that you can scale if you decide to, but a lot of people, you know, they work these nine to five jobs and you don't have a lot of free time outside of, you know, nights and weekends to get your business off the ground, which is where, um, like print on demand is a really good outlet for that because you upload your, you, you paint in your free time. You know, I'm, I'm assuming most of these um, artists, you know, they continue to paint, um, or create art in whatever way they, whatever their medium might be. Um, but yeah, you can upload to these websites and then these websites will pretty much, they'll handle everything. Um, they handle like production, customer support, shipping. You literally don't have to do anything except upload your artwork and in some cases set your prices. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, hello, and welcome to another amazing um, episode of the Girl Skill Podcast. And before I tell you about today's guest, I quickly want to announce something really cool and really important. I'm going to do an online live workshop slash a training session uh, in preparation for the upcoming program that I'm doing. For everybody listening, you probably know, but those who don't know, I'm doing my first beta group program. But I thought, um, you know, I thought I'd share I come live and share with you a couple of things that I've learned so far so you get a gist and a sense of what is the program going to be about. But not only that, but if you're interested in learning about femininity, you know, the concepts of polarity, what it means to be a woman, and most importantly, how to connect to your femininity with some practical steps, uh, you can go to girlskill.com slash webinar and sign up for this online live training that I'm going to do on Tuesday, March 13th. It's going to uh, run on at actually 3 and 9 p.m. GMT, which is, uh, I think, 8 a.m. and uh, 1 p.m. PST in Los Angeles. So if, you've, if you're cold, uh, you know, to learn from Anna Rova and everything I've been learning so far from women, um, you know, along my own journey, being in the personal growth space from my previous podcast, please come. I will I will be actually cover three main points. Uh, I'll talk about what femininity really is and how to use it to your own advantage so you can live you know, a much happier life as a woman. So understanding what it is, where it comes from, what are the models we learned. Um, the second thing that you're going to learn, and I'm going to teach is the concept of polarity and the differences between men and women, which are many like biological, emotional, energetic. So you understand this dynamic and actually, you know, live uh, your relationships will be greatly improved, not only with men, but like with the world and with yourself itself, uh, with yourself itself. It didn't make any sense. But anyways, and also I'm going to share some very, very practical things that I've done um, on how to connect to your femininity, because a lot of the, you know, you can understand the concept, but what it is that you can do today to actually take your life as a woman to the next level to connect to yourself better and just to feel joy clarity and peace so i'm going to be sharing all of that i'm preparing the training right now it's going to be awesome so go to girlskill.com slash webinar and again, the training is on Tuesday, uh, March 13th. There's going to be two different time zones. Uh, it's going to be very simple. I'm going to be on Zoom. So all the links, everything will be sent to you and, and reminders. So if you're called to this, please join me uh, so we can have a really cool conversation. It's going to be live. There's not going to be a replay. Um, and where I'm going to teach you everything I know, kind of, and, and then not kind of, but teach you what I know about femininity, polarity, and how to connect to it. And then also tell you a little bit about the program. Uh, but even if, you know, I don't 
a journal, whatever, you can just learn and, and apply all these tools. And um, I hope to see you there. And uh, today I bring you an amazing woman. Her name is Kat Coquillette. Uh, or cat cook. Um, ooh, ooh, sounds sounds a bit French to me, but uh, she is an amazing woman. I met her through the location independent circle that I'm in. She's traveling the world and earning passive income as an artist. So uh, before I tell you more about Kat and this incredible episode, a couple of updates for me. When you're going to hear this um, episode airing, I'm going to be in Gran Canary, Spain, um, chilling out on the Canary Islands. Never been there, uh, but heard a lot of great things about it. We're going to be in Las Palmas, uh, super excited. It's near Morocco and um, apparently it's like the jewel of Europe, the hottest place in Europe and uh, all of the good stuff, there's surf and all of that. If you're near Las Palmas, in Las Palmas or coming to Las Palmas <laughs> in, uh, you know, in the spring or the summer. So we're actually going to be here uh, there um, for a month and if we like it, we'll stay more. So super excited. And now I'm still in Australia, but I'm recording in advance this interest for you for production ease. Um, so yeah, looking forward to sharing with you my journey in Spain. And, you know, we're leaving next week from Australia and this transition is always exciting, but kind of challenging and a bit scary at the same time. But I'll tell you more when I'm in Spain. Um, another update is that I am getting pretty famous, actually, getting on other different podcasts. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on this episode with Sean. Sechrist, I believe. Uh, he's the host and founder of the Unbeaten Path podcast. Um, he talked to me about the life of a digital nomad and I've shared with him my journey, what I learned, you know, my exchange student experience in the US and how I look at the world and a lot of really, really cool stuff. Highly encourage you uh, to check out this episode on Unbeaten Path podcast. It's number 30. So if you just Google, you know, Unbeaten Path um, 030 on Arova, you'll find it. Um, highly encourage you to listen. And now, last thing for me is that actually I just figured out that this episode will be released or is released on March 8th and it is Women's International Day. International Women's Day. So I want to congratulate you, my darling, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now. I know you're probably multitasking, cleaning your room, commuting somewhere, um, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, private, not private, whatever you're doing. It's all good. Uh, thank you for letting me be in your ears and listening to me and to all of these <laughs> amazing women um, who are redefining the version of success. And um, I want to wish you... Um, peace and loving yourself so much that it hurts i want to wish you ease of mind and i want to wish you loving your femininity no matter what um, embracing it to the core and finding the beauty and the pleasure in it uh, because this is where the power is so uh, let's move on quickly i if if you're listening to this at the moment in you know march 2018 uh, that's great. Uh, you still have a couple of days to actually get on board on the Redefine Your Success, Rediscover, Redefine Your Success uh, beta program, which is an experiment I'm running. Uh, if you're listening to this after, no worries. You can still go to the link and I'm sure I'm going to have something juicy for you. Uh, but to give you an update, um, for those of you who don't know yet, I am inviting and there are probably uh, very few spots left. So make sure you jump on board on girlskill.com slash play. 
Uh, I'm going to teach in the six weeks program. I'm going to teach you everything I know about femininity, rediscovering your inner girl, um, rediscovering your creativity, trust in men and trust in the world. So I've actually structured it every week. We are going to get on calls like group calls together where I'm going to teach everything I know, answer all of the questions where we're going to interact. Um, you're also going to get an opportunity to get on a one on one kind of coaching session with me. For those of you who don't know, probably everybody knows that I am going into coaching for um, you know female success coaching and I'd love to quote-unquote practice on you <laughs> uh, because I and um you know, I'm aiming for high-end coaching, not only, but this is going to be the founding group of uh, women who will help me basically create this program. And this program is going to be created around your needs, around your pains and frustrations uh, with success and, and living a version of it and where you want to get. And so, you know, if you're feeling confused about and overwhelmed about the amount of information out there, uh, what it is to be a woman today, how do you navigate life, and um, so if you want peace of mind, ease and light, and being relaxed and joyful, please join us uh, because I'm ready to share my journey and what I did specifically in these different areas uh, to transform my own life and uh, to be unapologetically myself, free, playful, and girly. So go to girlskill.com slash play and I hope to see you on the program. So uh, let's get to this episode. Uh, so Kat Coquillette, as I told you, Kat Coquillette. <laughs> She's amazing because she has cracked the code of the starving artist online. Uh, she is a girl from Kansas City, a location-dependent artist and designer making a living traveling the world and producing incredible digital art and illustrations online. Kat's artwork is most known for its vibrant, bright pops of color, uh, vibrant typography and a blend of hand-painted brushwork and clean vector illustrations. She partnered with a variety of brands that transformed her paintings into best-selling products using a variety of mediums, including watercolor, metallics, acrylic, gouache, ink pen, and more. Her work has been featured by celebrities, including Hilary Duff, Khloe Kardashian, Lucy Hale, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Jessica Simpson. How freaking awesome is that? Kat's favorite animals are river otters, and she collects animal skulls and taxidermies. I don't even know what that means, but it's awesome because it sounds awesome and a bit freaky. Uh, she has a unique blend of incredibly creative skills, online content creation, teaching other artists how to sell their work online and is a savvy businesswoman. In this episode, she shares her journey of being encouraged to pursue art since childhood, working for an agency and then working for herself, earning passive income while being location dependent. So join us for an amazing conversation. It completely blew my mind. Kat is so incredible. Her art, oh my God, I can't stop looking at her Instagram. It's truly amazing. Uh, she's such an amazing girl, uh, woman, woman girl. Um, we talked a bit about success and femininity, which is awesome. And of course, stay until the end where we are talking about, um, you know, everything and where Kat shares with us in the tools and the resources, her favorite, um, you know, apps, books and people she follows, including three online stores where you can get fantastic illustrations printed on demand on anything, six digital artists and illustrators to follow on Instagram to get your creativity and inspiration on, and three books on fiction and fantasy to help you get lost in imaginary worlds. All right. Enjoy this episode and I'll see you at the end. Girl skill. Female success. Redefined. Today on Girls Kill Podcast, I have Kat Coquillet. 
with us all the way from Chiang Mai. How are you, Kat? Glad to have you on the show. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. I'm super excited to be talking to you about art and how you're making money online and how you're traveling and all of your amazing illustrations and your story and your journey. But before we get there, I have some really cool questions for you uh, prepared. So let's get straight into it. Kat, what is your superpower? Oh, my superpower is probably luring animals into my loving embrace. I can make any animal love me. <laughs> even, even the ones that are like, uh, uh, you know, scary ones? Even like the feral cats. I'm working on those. I'm luring them with food right now that I put outside of my apartment. But um, I did get to pet a jaguar in Belize. And I wasn't sure if he loved me or he just loved the fact that I was feeding him chicken. Um, <laughs> That probably was it, but okay. <laughs> That's a great superpower to have. I love that. Okay. Uh, name one thing that you can't live without. Candy. Mm, love that. Yeah. What, would, love what would be the title of your autobiography? Um, it would be Cat Cocolette, Traveling the World to Create Art and Pet Animals. I love that. Okay. Who is your girl crush? My girl crush would be, I think it would be Jessica Walsh. She's a designer that is a partner at Sagmeister and Walsh in New York. Um, at or, Yeah. And um, she's just an incredible designer. And her Instagram is awesome as well. You should check that out. It's Jessica B. Walsh. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she does really cool stuff. She's great with typography, design, problem solving. Cool. Love that. Okay. One uh, serious question. What is your biggest fear? My biggest fear is probably, you know, and this is ingrained in me since childhood because my brother used to throw cicadas at me. It's probably bugs. And that's something I'm really trying to get over in life because I'm 30 years old and <laughs> it's okay when they're far away or not in my apartment. But when someone throws them at me, and honestly, the only two people in my life that do that are my dad and brother. Uh, oh, that no. would definitely be yeah that's actually my biggest fear as well so <laughs> i i can especially the cockroaches especially in southeast asia that's like i can't i just lose it i can't deal with it yeah okay uh what is the hardest part about being a woman the hardest part about being a woman oh man i mean so far with my with my business i've kind of used it to my advantage i mean Hardest part about being a woman overall. <sighs> so hard. I love that. <laughs> You're like, I can't think of anything. Everything is great. <laughs> I mean, in my, in my life personally, it's worked out really well. But for women overall, I mean, it's hard for women to just in general to um, have respected leadership positions in business. Um, it's hard for women to get out of a lifestyle that's more traditional in their culture and try something new. Um, so all of these things, like I, I, I've, I've led a very privileged life, I feel like, and they don't really apply to me, but women overall, those, I mean, those are some examples of things that were definitely mm. needed to overcome. Okay. And what is the best part about being a woman? Everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we can, um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, societal restrictions for showing emotion. Like we can, we can be emotional. It's, it, that's an okay thing. Um, it's, yeah, it's just, I, I love being a woman. 
Love it. Cool. And last question for this part is on a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about life right now and why? Oh, I'm definitely a 10. Uh, this is my first, I'm ending my first full year of being a digital nomad and it's been amazing so far. I've gotten to do a ton of traveling. I'm currently in Chiang Mai, Thailand, where I've kind of been on and off since January. Um, yeah, it's everything in life is new and exciting. I'm seeing a ton of new things. Um, just doing a lot of traveling and with some breaks, going back home to the United States so I can spend time with friends and family. Um, yeah, it's been great so far. Business is going great. It's been a good year. Cool. I love that. Yeah, we're coming uh, to the end of the year, and it's good to hear that perspective. But the interview is going to be aired out in the new year. So, um, But anyways, it's good to hear that. Cool. So now, Kat, tell us uh, who you are where you come from, what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Kat Kokolet, and I'm an illustrator and designer. Um, I live in Chiang Mai, Thailand right now, but in the past year I've been, I left the United States in January. I've been to, I spent about a month in Bali. I did Seoul, South Korea, um, the Thai islands, a little bit more of Indonesia. I got to see Komodo dragons. But anyway, um, yeah, so I do all of this traveling um, as which helps me with my business, which is creating art. So what I do when I travel is I photograph interesting things I see, plants, animals, um, landscapes, and then I paint them when I'm back in my studio or I have my paints with me in my apartment. And what I do with the artwork is I sell it through art licensors that print it on everything from phone cases and T-shirts to wall prints, tapestries, clocks, I mean, even tank tops, swimsuits, every, everything you could ever print artwork on, um, my licensors and distributors do that. So what I do is I create the content, send it to them, and then get paid royalties based off of what sells. So it's kind of half of painting what I absolutely love to paint while keeping in mind like what is going to sell and what are people actually going to purchase because that's how, my, how I make a living. Cool. I love that. So, well, okay. I mean, I, I've been just sucked into your Instagram and all the art you do. And I just find it incredible that you are so creative, you're so talented, and you found a way to act. I mean, you're living the dream life pretty much, doing what you love. And I feel like so many artists, and you've truly broken the the kind of the stereotype or the barrier of, of the starving artist pretty much. Because uh, you're tr not only you're making money through your art and, and, you know, through royalties and licensing, all of that, but you're also traveling the world uh, doing all of that. So I want to talk about that. And you, you're actually the first artist on, on my podcast and I want to talk to so many women out there you know who are doing fashion design and illustration and brand and tattoo artists and all kinds of art you know dancers I'm just fascinated by women who do that um, so before we get into your journey because I want to start from the beginning how it all started and how you got to where you are today uh, I have two questions that I ask all women on the show the first one is do you consider yourself successful and why I do consider myself successful. Um, I've, I'm able to fully support myself through artwork, which I honestly never thought I would ever get to that point. I went to school to become a designer. Um, I also double majored in illustration along with graphic design, but I was always headed towards the design path of uh, this career because that's simply where I, I knew I could actually make a living. So being able to break into the illustration side and support myself through it and actually thrive, I'm doing much better within illustration than I ever did in the design world, um, has been a really, really great accomplishment. And I'm really happy that I got here. 
that's awesome. Congratulations. Really proud of you. <laughs> like that's, no, it's, it's seriously, it's true. Like for artists, especially, uh, you know, when you, when you hear these stories and they're happy and, you know, you're so creatively fulfilled in the sense that I remember when we were, uh, I usually don't comment on these questions, but I feel like it's my need to. We, <laughs> we actually met through a location independent entrepreneur group and uh, we were sitting at an all women's kind of circle and you were either next to me or like very close to me and I could see that you were with a with a with a, with your notebook and your pen and you know like women and then there were like I think there were like 30 women in the circle and so I turned back and you know we didn't know each other back then and I turned back and I look at and you're drawing and I'm like what is she drawing and this so imagine a blank blank piece of paper and like she's drawing already half of half of the page is full and I realized that these are faces and she's so she's she's in that room while all of us are just talking or like scared to to say something about ourselves whatever I'm just I'm just like at that moment I was just repeating what am I going to say about myself and because we were introducing and Kat is just like drawing faces of all the women in the room and I look at it and I'm like that's that's incredible I'm like what is this one so and then I saw the final and then I realized that these are all the women that are in the room and I asked you a question I'm like am I am I on the picture and then you said yeah you probably are let me find you and then we kind of started talking about something else. So I love that you are inspired by everything and everyone around you. And you're turning <laughs> this into art. And I just find this such a refreshing kind of positive, abundant mindset that you just create from whatever you see around you and you're making money with it. And to me, this is just an amazing quality to have. <laughs> Well, thank you. That was, a, that was a good introduction day. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going to do another introduction in my, in my actual intro to the to this episode. But anyways, let's move on. The second question I wanted to ask you before we jump into your story is, uh, what is femininity for you? Um, for me, I think it comes across most in the way that I'm, I've been running my business. Um, my, my main goal in business is less about maxing out my potential income. It's about making enough so that I can live this lifestyle and have a high quality of life and the autonomy to do what I want to do. Um, so yeah, making money is, is really important to be able to do those things. But, um, you know, I could work 40 hours, 50 hours a week and really work on maxing that out. But instead, I I probably put in about half that time. And I also get to do really cool things. Like I bicycle around and explore new cities, look at cool things, um, hang out with friends. And it's it's for me, it's more about having that work-life balance. Um, and I think that probably skews a little bit more with a feminine model than a masculine model. Um, but that's something that's really important to me. Oh, and then also I would, I would say the collaboration and kind of that helpful community and that connectivity, um, in my business is really, really important. I've been, um, doing more about more things with artists, uh, like resources, helping out other creative, um, women. Um, and that's something that I've been getting into more than the past year and it's been really fulfilling and, um, a good way to kind of branch my business out in general. Mm, I love that. I love that you mentioned that. And, you know, I, well, for all the listeners uh, listening to me already uh, for kind of a long time and um, know that I'm a big fan of polarity and I truly believe in a feminine model of way, you know, of doing business in a masculine where, you know, a lot of men have a goal, a monetary goal most of the time and they just go for it. And 
a lot of us women, we just try to find first what we love doing. Um, and then we see how we can monetize it. And I love how you say, you know, it's not about the money per se. Like, yes, we could have pretty much, we could have done the same amount of money that all men do, right? If we, if we have a goal, like we have that drive in us, but I feel like most importantly for us is to be happy and fulfilled. And why do I have to work? You know, like I say, why do I have to work like a horse a hundred hours? Like for what? If I already am making money, that's enough for me. I have the lifestyle. I, I, I have the free time to do what I love, which I think ultimately that's the whole point. But a lot of men kind of, well, men are different in that sense, right? Like they have this big thing that they want to do. And I, I find it really interesting, like exploring these subjects. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I guess I I work so that I can live and it's not the other way around. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So now let's talk about your story. How did you get to do this kind of work? And I know you're from Kansas City. And I know you mentioned that you already went to college and you double majored. So you actually professionally kind of, you always knew you wanted to be a designer and illustrator and you couldn't decide whether design or illustration. So you're like, ah, whatever, I'm just going to double major in both. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I started in my freshman year, I started um, with illustration and then it quickly dawned on me that I, I, I kind of realized that the way to make money with illustration was to, you know, be a spot illustrator or a children's book author, or maybe do editorial illustrations for a publication. And those weren't really things that I was that interested in. Oh, and then even to make it to that point, you have to be incredibly successful. And there's an amount, there's luck and skill and all of these things involved. It's, it's hard to to make a living as an illustrator. So you had no idea, sorry to interrupt, but you had no idea that you could actually do these because you illust- you make a lot of money with illustrations now. So, but at I that time, yeah, you had no I idea. Didn't yeah, I didn't do, I know anything about licensing. Print on demand wasn't really um, a, a thing back then, back then, like 10 years ago. Um, yeah, and so these things I kind of stumbled into. The reason I, the way I make money with illustration now, I had no idea was even an avenue back when I was in college. So I decided to double major and got, get into design and design was really appealing to me because it's a lot of problem solving. It's more commercial. Uh, you know, you're working with businesses and you're solving problems. You're creating really beautiful brand identities, packaging campaigns, all of those things really spoke to me and I loved doing it. So I, I went to school, I graduated with both of those majors and I began working at a graphic design agency, mm-hmm. which I loved. It was uh, a really great job. It was a small firm and we had some really great clients. So um, I got to work on a lot of different types of campaigns and projects. I did logos, photo shoots, um, packaging projects, restaurants, beauty, uh, everything. And it was, it was awesome. Um, but so let, me, let me interrupt you right there. So you also minored in business, um, which is uh, helping you. And that, like, would you say that's helping you, uh, basically run your business now (laughs) because I know a lot of artists are like and I know you mentioned you're 50 50 and if artists have that business acumen so to say it's really going to help them kind of thrive in a way because if you don't know the skills or if you don't have them then well nobody's going to know who you are you know I, I love the business side of it too. And I guess that's something that I, I should definitely go into. And the, the reason I've, I found success with artwork in the way that I have is because I really, really love working on all of the um, ways to optimize my business on, on that end. So a lot of strategizing, 
Um, you wouldn't believe the amount of spreadsheets I have on my Google Docs. Like it's insane. It's everything with like my pricing, my income, my expenses. It's um, all of these things are definitely skills that I picked up by being interested in the business side of things. Um, you know. Yeah, I mean that's that's such a hard. That's such a unique kind of skill set to have, right? Because, you, and you know, I'm, I consider myself a creator, not an artist, but a creator. And it's hard to, oh gosh, like it's hard to do both at the same time. Like even for me, you know, I have a lot of like drive and masculine energy and I worked in online marketing and all of that. But when I'm, when I'm creating, you know, my thing is like podcasting and creating articles and creating content. It's very hard for me to focus on, you know, the business side of things, on the processes. And I know all of them. And like, I, I love that too, to, to, to think of ways how I can optimize and all of that. But it just seemed to me like that, that wouldn't be the first thing that I get up and am excited to be doing, you know, oh my God, let me see how much money can I make with this? Or where can I optimize like spreadsheets and processes and marketing itself is not, is not something that I get up excited to do in the morning, you know? So spreadsheets aren't exciting, but what is exciting to me is the strategy behind everything. So those are kind of just the means for accomplishing this overall larger goal. So my strategy is, I mean, my big picture picture strategy is to make money with artwork. So um, it's more than just sitting down and painting, you know, some beautiful orchids that I took a picture of yesterday. It's strategizing who is going to be my audience for this, um, what color palettes are doing really well this year, uh, what kind of products do I want to optimize this for. So it's, I enjoy the process of just sitting down and being purely creative, but there's always, even for something as simple as a watercolor painting of orchids, you know, there's always some sort of strategy behind it. Um, and that's, I think what I enjoy. It's, you know, this having this background of being a brand designer, which is really heavy on problem solving. It's nice to still be able to implement that into something that could otherwise just be seen as surface pattern design. Yeah, for sure. And and I can clearly see, and you can see it in your website and your business. And you, you have so many mentions in the media and like celebrities. When I went to your website, I was like, what? Hilary Duff has like, <laughs> selfies with your iPhone uh, case cover and then a bunch of other celebrities and you've designed these um, fit fab um how is it called the, oh, the fun uh, boxes yeah the boxes and I went to you have so many media mentions you're everywhere and it's 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 truly incredible and I can see how you are really paying attention to it you're really thinking about ways to monetize and how to make it work and I feel like that for any artist out there who wants to be successful or you know even make money and support themselves with their art this is I mean this is absolutely necessary and I know that you are now having a you have a course on Skillshare teaching how to do all of this which we're going to talk about in the end of this interview but I want to I want to go back a little bit before call so did you know were you always an artist like were you this this girl at three years old just already painting on the walls or where did this come from do you remember a moment where you were kind of drawn to this work to art to illustration to design um I've always been painting coloring um ever since I was a little kid there's pictures of me you know like being three years old uh and and like with my head burrowed down into a coloring book so that I can color in the lines like it's um, it's definitely something I've always been doing, and my parents really encouraged it as well. They enrolled me in art classes after school, everything from like painting to one class was just about drawing animals because I know I love animals. Um, I did uh, ceramic classes, sculpture, all of those um, throughout the way, and I loved it. I went to 
camp where we painted. Um, and I think it was a combination of that and all of my art teachers that I had from, you know, elementary school onward really encouraged me. Um, and I think that's something that was really important for me to hear, you know, like, Oh, you're, you're creative, you're doing a good job. And it's something that I, I, you know, held in my heart. I was like, okay, this is something I really enjoy doing. And I'm having a lot of positive encouragement from the people around me. So it's something I never really questioned it. It's just this path that I naturally fell into. So when it was time for me to graduate high school and go to college, it was, uh, of course, I'm just, I'm going to go to college, do art. That, there was no, there was no kind of thought behind it. That was just, that's what I've always done. And that's what I'm good at. And I enjoy doing. Um, so it, I feel like it was this natural path that worked out really, really well. Except when I was younger, I wanted to be a tiger when I grew up. But obviously, (laughs) I learned that you cannot actually do that. Um, So there was a little bit, you know, some... Some uh, some disappointments that you can't actually be a tiger when you grow up. <laughs> yeah, so that was a hard reality to face. But uh, then I went right back to being like, okay, I guess I'll be an artist again. So. I, I guess so. I love that. I mean, you know, we... Wow, and did, did you ever, like, did your parents... Are your parents also in the arts? Have they been... I'm just trying to understand because a lot of the artists, you know, and a lot of us girls, well, and boys as well, but a lot of the... You know, there's a stigma about being an artist and especially when your parents are not encouraging you or your environment when you're growing up because most of the artists or creative people are growing up in a society with parents or with the environment where basically all they hear is like, you can't make money with it. Like, what are you doing? You can't make money. This is not valuable. And so there's so many books and, you know, I read like starve, what is it? Starve like an artist, no, create like an artist, steal like an artist. And there's so much about it. And I'm, I'm also into creativity and exploring my inner in the inner artist child because I was never ever allowed to be a kid you know to 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 play to write to create and all of that and so what do you think about that I mean obviously you had the perfect environment for it it was a great environment and I mean I did have those talks with my parents especially you know later on in high school when I was needing to decide you know where I wanted to go to college and what I wanted my career to be all about Um, And I I definitely did have those talks with my parents. You know, my dad worked for the Federal Reserve for his entire career. Um, He does a lot with finance and economics. And so it's pretty much the polar opposite of what I was wanting to get into. But he, you know, he mentioned, they both told me, they were like, okay, this is something that you are obviously very interested in. Try and find a way that you can actually make money with art. And the solution to that was graphic design. Um, There's a lot of job opportunities for graphic designers, especially if you go to a school that has a really great program um, with job placement. So that's kind of, that's what my parents definitely helped push me into not just going to an art school where I would do fine art and painting every day, but pushing to something that was a little bit more easy to monetize and more commercial, Mm -hmm. uh, which is something that I'm really, really grateful for. I think I would be bored out of my mind if I just, you know, was in a studio painting by myself every day. Like that sounds, um, great for some people, but not, not what I was wanting to go into. Um, And then also working like as a graphic designer, you have an opportunity to be more collaborative. You work with other designers, you get to learn from them. You're in a, like where I worked, it was a busy agency. There was all these things going on and that was the perfect fit for what I was wanting to do. Mm. And can you tell me a bit more why design and why illustration? Like what about it is so exciting for you that you could do it forever? Oh man, they're, they're both problem solving. So um, both illustration and design, um, you're, what you're 
inherently doing is solving a problem. So in design, it could be something like, um, you know, uh, designing a logo that's solving a problem, like helping um, a brand's audience understand more about what that brand is doing. Uh, maybe it comes across in user testing with a website, like how do you design a website that's going to attract more people, get people to click on the things you're wanting to click on, like everything you do with design and illustration, there's, um, there's a big picture in mind, maybe it's not so evident right up front. But if you can kind of lead your audience to do something, uh, what the intent is, that's kind of what helps it's more so um, it comes across pretty heavily in design, um, even, even designing with typography, like picking a type that's very legible, maybe that's important on voting ballots, you know, all these little things that you don't, you might not consider in your day to day life, everything around you is designed. Um, and it's being able to be a part of that and key in was really, really fulfilling. And um, even now when I'm doing these watercolor paintings of just like patterns of, you know, animals, um, there's still an intent behind it. Um, it's more of a, a commercial intent right now because it's, again, keen into trends. Uh, what are people buying? What products are they buying? What color palettes are they into? Even what animals are in trend? Like, believe it or not, like there's animals that are trending year to year. It's crazy. Um, yeah, so kind of keen into that and then designing to, uh, to kind of appeal and solve problems and, um, ultimately so, monitor. So how do the animal illustrations solve the problem? Uh, for that, it's the, the issue is what, what are people actually purchasing? So one year, it was two years ago, for some reason you were seeing alpacas and llamas in every major, um, like store, like anthropology, Nordstrom, like they were everything. There were patterns on bags, even on shoes, um, art prints, wall tapestries. So like kind of keen into that and realizing what, like what's on trend at the moment, what are consumers looking for and wanting to purchase? Uh, that's I, that whole strategy behind that. I, I find really, really interesting. Mm. So it's it, all about, it's all about pretty much fashion and self-expression. What's trending? What can you give people so they can express themselves in a way that's that basically makes them feel good, makes tells the world a message about themselves. Basically, yeah. That's I mean, what I'm creating are people are purchasing it because it relates to them, or it's something that is a way for them to kind of show that self-expression, especially in items like phone cases, which you literally carry with you all the time. I mean, that's, that's your artistic form of expression right there. What's on the back of your phone case. Yeah. I'm um, currently, I'm currently obsessed with, and we talked about it before you have this like cat, how would you describe it? It's a tra Okay. It's a transparent iPhone case with like cats uh, that cat has designed, illustrated. And then inside there's like glitter, like a waterfall glitter falling around. How would you yeah, describe it? Uh, transparent phone case with a really thin layer um, with water and glitter inside. So every time you pick up your phone case or move it around, it's this waterfall of pastel colored glitter that falls down. Actually, I just got my mom that case, the blue oh cat. Oh my God. That is like a dream. I'm going to make myself that <laughs> present for Christmas. When I saw that, I was like, what? So uh, yeah, that, that's amazing. And all of you are, uh, you, you're just so, when I saw your, your color, and your illustrations and your prints and everything, it's just so amazing to see when you go to your website, you just sucked into it and into the Instagram and all of that. So you say that you get a lot of inspiration from traveling. And so t tell me a little bit about the process. So like you walk around, how, how does your brain think in that sense? Like, do you walk around and see a cat? Cause I know, like I saw a drawing of cactuses and cats and flamingos and leaves, like it's everywhere, which, which is what I mentioned in the beginning. You're just, I feel like you're tapping into your creativity 
from so many different sources and it's truly like an abundance of things because you do you're doing one painting a day right yeah just about yeah how, how does that happen <laughs> <laughs> well um yeah it's it's kind of what you were saying i i spend a lot of time walking or bicycling around and uh there are times where i have to like slam on the brakes of my bike and then make a u-turn because i saw something really cool um and then take a picture of it with my phone or if i have my camera i'll, I'll snap a better picture and then um or sometimes I just simply write it down. I have a list on the notes section on my phone of everything that I want to paint and ideas that I've had. Um, and then what I do when I get back to my house, when I have where I have all my paints and my supplies and my paper, um, either just pull out my phone and scroll through and find things that I took picture, pictures of that day um, and just use that photo as a reference for my painting. Or um, I look at what I actually wrote down to paint. So yeah, it's basically my portfolio is a reflection of where I've been traveling the past year. So I did a bunch of cherry blossoms when I was in Seoul in the spring. Um, actually, since I've been in Thailand, my portfolio has just bloomed with all these tropical, like in floral leaves and patterns, um, just cause of everywhere around I live, you know, right on the edge of a national park. And so there it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I'm doing all of these like tropical florals right for right before winter when no one's buying it, but yeah. it becomes, in the spring I can't um, wait for you to get to Mexico for some reason so that <laughs> I could I could see you produce all the colors and the beauty I think you're going to really enjoy Colombia because we were talking about Colombia as well in general Latin America I feel is so colorful with their houses and uh yeah I, it's amazing yeah because you're creating on the go right is it hard to travel with your all of your art supplies you know, I always start with kind of a bare bones travel set and then it just grows the longer I stay in one place. So, you know, I've been back and forth from Thailand since January. So, you know, I came here with one travel size palette of watercolors and no brushes, no paper. I figured I would just get it when I got here. And now I have this like huge section of my apartment that's just filled with art supplies that I'm gonna have to purge before I leave. Um, but yeah, actually, I do a lot of digital illustration, um, which comes in handy when I'm traveling, like when I'm in airports waiting for flights, even on planes and coffee shops, when I don't have my full palette of art supplies, I'll do digital illustrations, which the only thing I need for that is my computer. Um, I don't even need a Wacom tablet or a mouse, I can just use the trackpad. So being able to um, be adaptable to my surroundings has definitely been helpful because sometimes I'm just in the mood to create something. So what can I use to actually do that? Mm, that's incredible. And so let's get back to your story. So you say you finished college, you double major in illustration, brand, um, sorry, in graphic design, minor in business. Then you went and worked for a design agency where you did yeah. all these kind of different, uh, work. And so what did you do from there? What happened next? So what happened was I, like I, I never really stopped drawing and painting since I was a kid. So even when I was working at this agency, I would still come home from work and pull out my uh, watercolors and paper and just start painting. And I, I did this for years. I mean, I'd been doing it, you know, since I was a kid, so it wasn't really anything different. Um, and there was this website that I used to buy my phone cases through called Society6. And I was scrolling through their website and I actually like looked in a little bit more into it. And I was like, oh, an artist uploaded this image. And the whole point of that website is you're, it's supporting artists by purchasing work. So like an artist will upload um, a painting or a digital illustration they've done and then it can get printed on this wide gamut of products, including phone cases. So um, yeah, it, it kind of dawned on me one night. I was like, man, man, I could set up an account and I could sell, like I have all of these paintings I do all the time just for fun. It's kind of my way to unwind after work. Um, 
why not, you know, scan them in and upload them through the site and just see if anybody even wants to purchase it. So I did that. And, um, the first month I sold three items and I made like $9 and 20 cents. And I was like, man, I can't believe three people bought my stuff. It's crazy. Um, I was really elated. It was, it was wonderful. I didn't know anybody even wanted to purchase my artwork. And then within a few months I was earning enough to pay my rent. And then it just, you know, blossomed from there. And then I realized, you know, this is something that I can actually, um, support myself with. I could do this full time. Like right now, um, at that point, I w- really wasn't putting that much time and effort into it. You know, I had a full-time job. I had friends to hang out with, family. Um, it was just something I did a- about an hour every night, just painting and scanning and uploading. But I started to think, like, what if what if I made this my full-time job and I could put all of my resources, time, and effort into selling through other print-on-demand sites besides just Society6? Like, what are some other ones I want to learn about? So... That's eventually what I did. I um, left that job. It was really hard because it's, it's, you know, I loved everybody I worked with. I loved the clients, the projects. Like, it was a great fit. But ultimately, I wanted to have more freedom to travel. And um, I saw art licensing as a way that I could expand my income almost exponentially. You know, it's the more effort you put into it, the more you're going to get paid. Whereas when you have a traditional nine to five job, you kind of have that set salary. And yeah, you can have bonuses and raises, but that's not really within your control. Whereas with art licensing, I immediately I have full control over how much I'm earning. Um, yeah, so so quick question. So, so you quit your job before you even well, you made your first nine dollars twenty cents. No, oh, I quit my job like a year and a half after that. Like it, it was a slow grow. Right. So, were you making enough money to support yourself fully before you quit your your job? I was. Yeah. Okay. So um, you basically I, you were doing it like after work. It was like your side hustle up until you learned and you were confident that you can start on your own. Yeah, yeah, I actually had this whole um, kind of business plan and strategy behind it. You know, I wanted to make sure that, you know, one, it's terrifying to quit your job and something that's steady. Um, You know, it's, it's my, you know, my uh, paycheck comes through there, my health insurance, all of that, not to mention, I loved the job, you know, I love the people I work with, everything about it. So it was it was really, really tough to quit. And I'm not a huge risk taker either. I, I take little small risks and see if they pay off. And then, you know, little small steps, not one giant leap. Um, so quitting my job felt like a giant leap. But then when I, you know, sat down and analyzed it, it's like, no, actually, this is the natural next step. This makes the most sense for where you're wanting to go and um, how you're wanting your brand to grow. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't just like an impulsive, oh, I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow kind of thing. Like, I, <laughs> it, was, so it, it, was, it really strategy. seems okay. So then so you quit your job, and then you were on it full time, were you still scared of like, whether it's gonna work or not? And then did you start traveling right away? I did start traveling right away. Um, the day I quit my job, I booked a plane ticket to Asia. <laughs> and then I spent six weeks backpacking um, around Southeast Asia, just because I was so, you know, in the United States, you get around two weeks of vacation a year, maybe three if you're lucky. And so, you know, having been in that kind of society for so long, it felt like this huge breath of fresh air to do six full weeks of nonstop travel, which is what I did. Um, I'd never traveled that long in my entire life ever. So were you, you know, scared to do that step? And how, like, were your parents encouraging you to do it or your friends or how, how did you decide to do it? Because that's pretty crazy. 
Um, I just, I was really excited. I maybe a little bit nervous, but primarily just really, really, really excited. My parents, my mom was really nervous. She was like, Oh, you're going to be a woman traveling alone through Asia. You know, there was definitely, I had to kind of, I had to talk her off a ledge with that one. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, I think when I got, when I got here and, you know, I, texted my parents and let them know like, okay, I'm still alive. You know, I saw some really cool lanterns today, you know, like things like that. It's, um, I think they, they definitely got used to the idea of me traveling by myself and exploring new places. And that's, that's ultimately where I get my creative energy and where I just get recharged in at the same time is going to somewhere completely new, exploring it, um, hopping on a train and going to see a new place. Like that kind of lifestyle really, really resonates with me. Mm, I love that. So you did that a year ago. I did that a year ago. So now for a full year, you've been traveling your, you know, digital nomad slash location, dependent entrepreneur, and uh, you've been making money doing your art. How is it going now? Like what, when, at what state in your business, at what stage in your business are you now? Um, so I'm in, I've been having my, my business has been kind of in full swing for about two years now. And, um, yeah, sales are still going strong. I've definitely been expanding a lot more. So when I started, you know, I told you I was selling my artwork through that one website called Society6. And now I've expanded. I work with about 50 different print-on-demand companies and art licensors. Uh, the trick with me is I do non-exclusive contracts with everyone I work with. So um, I can sell the same painting through 50 different um, licensors and get royalties. So I'll paint something once and then continue getting royalties, you know, month after month until I guess people stop purchasing that artwork. Um, so how so- it works for everyone to kind of understand because I was also very confused in the beginning of how do you actually make your money so basically you design something you illustrate something and then print on demand and that so so you design something something of an inspiration that comes to you know traveling whatever and then you put that design illustration on these sites that can then put it or you put it yourself on you know iphone cases t-shirts on anything you can imagine and then they sell it through their own shops and then you get royalties meaning you get a percentage of every single item that's sold that has your design on it exactly yeah yeah it's um i don't get paid an upfront fee for creating the work i only get paid if people are actually purchasing it so yeah that's you put it really um succinctly Mm -hmm. and most and most of your income right now comes from that yeah, about 90% of my income comes just through art licensing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how did you figure it all out? Like I imagine, you know, having a full-time job as a graphic <laughs> designer. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like, you know, you have a strategy. It really feels like you knew. Well, I guess it feels like you knew what you were doing. You probably no idea what, what you were doing. <laughs> you probably still don't have any idea what you're doing. Just like me. I mean, we, we, yeah, we have... Yeah, we have experience in what we've done already because you're very clear about, you know, non-exclusive rights, all of that. But like today and going forward, we're like, what the hell am I going to do next? I'm still figuring it out. But how did you know where you, so I'm just thinking, right? Were you reading a lot about, you know, uh, thriving as an artist? Were you reading a lot about business practices? Were you in touch with artists who are already successful? Like, what do you think were the main factors of you being able to, to quit your job, travel the world? basically you know do what you love and make money um there was definitely i mean it when you say it like that it just sounds like it was this really easy simple path but there were definitely a lot of stumbling blocks along the way like i didn't um with the exclusive versus non-exclusive i didn't even know what that was um 
so, you know, being comfortable, like reading through contracts, like my boyfriend, he's actually a, um, a lawyer that handles mergers and acquisitions. So we sat down and he just basically showed me everything that I need to look for in contracts. So instead of me emailing him, you know, a contract a day, like, Hey Drew, can you look at this contract and tell me if it's good? Like he showed me what things I need to look out for, um, things that are in my best interest. Um, he even helped uh, connect me with some intellectual property lawyers in Kansas City, where I'm from. So now I have um, a legal team that helps me deal with all of the uh, infringing art that gets sold. Like, if you reverse Google image search any of my top pieces, you'll see um, probably like the five out of the top 10 results are just uh, manufacturers in China uh, that are selling it without my permission and I don't get paid for. So, mm. And you, know, you mentioned having- that in Chiang Mai, like you saw one of your prints or your designs on oh, t-shirts I- in Thailand? At a t-shirt shop. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I didn't, I didn't authorize this, but you know, I just kind of laughed about it because that happens everywhere. Um, I actually bought another t-shirt from that shop. I was like, oh, this is a cool one. Um, but yeah, it's, it happens all the time. And for the most part, it's, it's kind of, it's a gamble of like, do I want to pursue this, you know, hiring a lawyer and going after anyone is expensive. uh, And you want to make sure it's going to pay off. So there's always kind of that, that gamble of like, okay, if I go after anyone, am I actually going to get reimbursed? Will we settle? Will we sue? Like, what's the end game here? But going back to your original question, like, how did I figure out so much about art licensing? A lot of it, I just kind of figured out as I went along the way. Um, I didn't know anyone that was doing art licensing. Now I have, I have internet friends. Uh, no, but it's people that um, are also top sellers on the sites that I sell through. And we've all connected on Facebook. Uh, so we're supportive of each other. We have our own little, you know, Facebook group, which is all about print on demand art licensing, where we can ask each other questions and be like, oh, have you heard of this company? Are they legit to work with? So having that community and those resources has also been really, really vital. Um, but yeah, along the way, it was just, um, I saw what was what I was doing well and was actually earning me money. And then I did more of those things. So it's a, it was a pretty simple strategy um, that's kind of brought me to where I am here. Mm. And so for anyone listening, you know, uh, maybe there are artists, women listening and you know, struggling to get out there and sell their art or, you know, basically make money with their work um and for anyone that you know i have and i think that most of us have a friend a a woman you know who haven't been who hasn't been encouraged to pursue her her dream her passion her creativity and all of that um because it seems like for you you know you were always clear that you wanted to do this this was exciting you were encouraged you went to college for it i'm not saying it's easy it sounds easy like you know there was a path everything was great like you you were still struggling figuring it out but for someone who did not have let's say that supportive encouragement and and still is so passionate about art and dreams about it but worse than nine to five that they don't like or if there are artists that are not, you know, thriving, for example, what would be like your top three, you know, tips or advice for them to, to actually make it happen? So the best one would be look for avenues of passive income, because when you're working a full-time job, um, if you can make passive income through your artwork, that's, I mean, that's the best way to go about it. 
Um, it's something that you can scale if you decide to. But a lot of people, you know, they work these nine to five jobs and you don't have a lot of free time outside of, you know, nights and weekends to get your business off the ground, which is where um, like print on demand is a really good outlet for that because you upload your, you, you paint in your free time. You know, I'm, I'm assuming most of these um, artists, you know, they continue to paint um, or create art in whatever way they, whatever their medium might be. Um, but yeah, you can upload to these websites and then these websites will pretty much, they'll handle everything. Um, they handle like production, customer support, shipping. You literally don't have to do anything except upload your artwork and in some cases set your prices. So that's that's a really good first step into um, kind of making an income and monetizing artwork. Um, another one would be getting yourself out there with social media and getting used to self-promotion. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between bragging and self-promotion. And I think a lot of people... Um, are nervous to cross into that because it feels like a little too much of tooting your own horn. And that's something that I was nervous about. I was like, oh man, I'm, I feel weird like posting all these pictures of my paintings on Instagram. But, um, you know, I, I got over that really quickly. And now I've developed this following on Instagram of people that like seeing my artwork um, and finding like ways that they can purchase it or take my classes. Yeah, Instagram is such a great way to do it actually, right? Like you, if you paint every day and I, I guess one of, one of the factors to your success was that you kept relentlessly doing it, like one painting a day, one thing a day that you can do of that thing you love, ultimately yeah. is going to bring you to success. And it doesn't feel like work. It's, it's fun. You right. know, like I, I painted for so many years, not because I was wanting to make money from it, because I didn't for so long. It was just something I enjoy doing. Yeah. And you practice and your art and your craft just became better and better and better and better. And so if you post this every day to your Instagram account and slowly, slowly it will grow and you'll get better and people will love it. I feel like Instagram is the perfect avenue for just getting yourself out there and shamelessly promoting yourself in the sense that this <laughs> is, is what fun. I do. Yeah. It's so visually based too. And Instagram is so heavy with creatives that it's for me it's been the best social media platform for getting noticed and building a following yeah. above twitter facebook anything else for sure okay so for everyone listening the advice is uh find avenues of passive income there's a lot of opportunities out there we live in a we live in a day and time that's incredibly amazing you can be anywhere in the world you can print you can then i i'm a big fan of also fashion illustration like fashion design is my little it's dirty secret that nobody knows and i I'm like exploring it, you know, that, that's the artist in me. <laughs> and, uh, and I know a little bit about how, you know, you paint and there's so many tools you can use. And I know your preferred methods are watercolor ink and gouache, and you can do all of these with your hands, but then you can transport it digitally and do it digitally. And there's so many tools and resources, and there's so many websites now that do, you know, print on demand or, or just do all the work for you. All you got to do is like show up, do the work, upload, you know, post it on Instagram, find these passive income avenues and get yourself out there. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, as long as you have intent and uh, some sort of strategy behind it, it can, you can definitely, um, it can, it can bind it into something that's a little bit more lucrative. Yeah. Awesome. Love that. So, um, Kat, we're going to talk about your course, uh, cause I know you're teaching actually artists how to do that in a little bit, but now I want to quickly go into the tools and resources section that I have on every episode where you share with us your best tools and resources. And for everyone listening, Kat is actually super generous and amazing because she's going to give away 
by one of her bestsellers, which is The Little Fierce. It's a, I don't even know how, to, like it's an illustration, I suppose, uh, that says, though it's she be but little, she is fierce. Skills. And that's from Shakespeare. And how would you describe this, uh, this, is it an illustration or a painting of yours? Uh, you know, it's both. It's a painting, um, it, it's like a gouache painting of a lot of florals with this uh, calligraphy quote in the middle from a Shakespeare play. It was actually my cousin um, commissioned that like, years ago for her baby when our baby was born to put in the nursery. Oh. Yeah, so it was painted for her and I had no idea. You know, it's not something I would have picked out and painted on my own. And um, I, I, you know, I gave her the original and then I had the scanned in version that I uploaded to a few of these sites and it, it took off like wildfire. So yeah, for, I love that. So, so yeah, my you're, best friends. Yeah, so Kat is giving away. Uh, she's going to do a desktop uh, wallpaper for us and, a, and an iPhone wallpaper for us. So you're going to be able to download that plus all the tools and resources she's going to mention right now. And I'll tell the listeners how to do that in the end of the this interview. So Kat, let's get into it. What is your morning routine? I'm assuming you're drawing some cats or some leaves every morning <laughs> or like wherever you go. Uh, what is your morning routine that keeps you healthy, happy and productive? <laughs> so let's see. First things first, I have to drink some coffee. I cannot wake up until I have like a latte or an Americano or something. I'm here in Thailand, so it's really easy. There's coffee shops on every corner. Um, so yeah, I wake up, I go somewhere, I get started. I do all the boring stuff right at the beginning. I don't, I, I feel like my creativity doesn't really spike until like 3 or 4 p.m., so late afternoon. Um, so during the day, I do all of the, uh, the boring business stuff. I do my emails, I work on my website, um, upload some new pieces to the print on demand sites, read a few contracts, um, just kind of all of the things, all of the, you know, the backbone of my business, things that just need to get done. Um, and after all of that's done, I kind of, uh, I, I wander around every day. So it's, you know, I live in Chiang Mai. Um, I don't have a scooter. I have a bicycle and I walk everywhere. So uh, I get to see a lot of cool new things every day, even in my neighborhood, you know, places where I walk all the time, I still notice something different every day. Um, so I go around, I, I just take in cool new stuff. And then I come home and usually in the afternoon, I'll do a watercolor painting or maybe something on my computer. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty, pretty relaxing day. Like all the, all the heavy hitting stuff just gets tackled first thing in the morning. Well, eat, eat that frog, right? You're doing all the things right to, to make it happen. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. What are some of the top apps um, or like software programs that you can't live without that basically make you super efficient and productive? Definitely the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite, which uh, contains Illustrator, Photoshop, InDesign, all of these programs that I use um, to create my artwork. So, you know, I do, um, you know, a lot of my portfolio are these watercolor paintings that I do by hand, but I still scan them in and then optimize them on the computer. So I'll, you know, brighten colors, maybe adjust the composition, maybe have a few different color palette options. So all of this I do in Photoshop. Um, How and then does that... Can I ask you a quick question? How does that process look like in terms of the transfer between, so let's say you, you did something by hand, how do you actually transfer it into Photoshop without an actual scanner at home? Or do you have like a little version of it? I travel with a lightweight scanner. So I didn't when I first left for Asia back in January, I was like, oh, there will be a shop somewhere where I can scan in at, you know, 1600 DPI. I scan it at these really high resolutions because some of my pieces get turned into like wallpaper and tapestries, giant things. Um, 
but I couldn't find anywhere that actually had a scanner that would scan over 600 DPI, which just doesn't suit my purposes. So I did some research and I bought a lightweight scanner online. Wow. So, so what it does, so you scan the whole painting and then it's digital. And then I imagine that you still need to do a bit of work to, to properly digitize it. <laughs> oh yeah. There's so much, there's so much involved. Well, it's, it's, erasing all the errors, like there's pencil marks, or maybe there's like a smudge, like all of those little things are really easy to fix in Photoshop. So I basically give all my paintings a facelift after I scan them all in. Actually, one of my previous um, courses that I did online, it's like an hour long course. And it's, if you're into this kind of stuff, like it's really useful. If not, it's, you know, you'd be really bored. It's like, okay, this whole lesson is going to be about removing pencil marks. And I'll show you exactly, you know, a screen share <laughs> um, of like exactly how I do that. My parents were like, oh, I want to watch your course. And I'm like, it doesn't apply to you guys. I'm actually super interested. I'd love to take a course that would teach me how to do all of that and illustration. But anyways, that's, that's a whole different discussion. Okay. So I yeah, have the, yeah. I have the Adobe Creative Suite, like a cloud yeah. suite. Anything else? Um, so if I'm editing photos on my phone, I use Visco. It's V-S-C-O. And it's an app for um, basically, it's, it's basically a photo editing app. So um, it's similar to Instagram, except the filters are way better. You have a lot more options of ways that you can edit your photos and make them look beautiful. So I use that one all the time if I'm just snapped something on my phone really quick and um, want to edit it. And then the other app I use on my phone all the time, obviously, is Instagram. <laughs> That's where the majority of my following is. Um, I'm pretty active on that platform. It's great because I can reach out to other illustrators and artists that I follow and admire, and they can do the same to me. It's a really great tool for connectivity. Yeah, I love that. And now let's talk about some of the people, um, you know, people, blogs you follow and read to or websites to keep you inspired, productive. And also, if you could mention for us some of these, because um, I know you work with 60. What was the site that? Um, oh, Society6. Society6. Yeah. So if you could mention some of these websites that, you know, aspiring artists who are looking for passive income uh, streams could, could look into, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. There's a ton of print on demand sites um, out there and there's new ones popping up every day. So there's literally no, no um, lack for those. Oh, one thing to look for, like look for when you're getting involved, if you're an artist in a print on demand website, though, make sure that you're not signing an exclusive agreement um, within that platform. Just make sure, and all of the big ones are non-exclusive. So there's usually nothing to worry about. Um, so the top three that are the most that have the biggest payout for me are Society6, Redbubble, and Casetify. Um, Redbubble is pretty much the same thing as Society6. They have products like phone cases, wall art, apparel, tote bags, um, throw pillows, all of the norm. So they're really similar to Society6. They're just run out of Australia. And then Casetify does only tech products. So they're, that's where I have my glitter phone cases sold through. So. <laughs> yeah. And when you say non-exclusive agreements, which means that in the contract where, where you sign the contract with these guys, basically they... So you own all your rights and you, the, the art that you're uploading is not, is not only for them, means, means non-exclusive, means you can take that art and then upload it into all the other websites and make money on the other exactly. websites opposed to, you know, to this one website where basically you're, co you're dependent on them. 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's for me, non-exclusive makes the most sense because I sell through so many different platforms that why would I, you know, spend, spend an afternoon painting something and then only sell it through one platform. Like it just doesn't really make that much sense for me. Um, so for some, for some people, maybe they're just wanting to sell a limited edition number of prints of this one piece. And yes, that can make sense for that person. It just depends on what you're going for with your business. Yeah. I love that. So any other like people or, or websites that you follow for creativity or inspiration or or anything else? Um, yeah, I actually have a list of uh, women creatives that I follow on Instagram. Instagram Ooh. is a too. All right, this is fun. Um, my number one favorite uh, woman to follow on Instagram, her name is Anne Danger. It's Anne without an E on the end. I'll send you a list after uh, this, this wraps. Okay, cool. But um, yeah, she's an illustrator and she travels a lot and she paints these really, oh, you're into fashion illustrations. You would definitely like her. Um, she kind of captures these everyday experiences that she has while she's, you know, hunting for inspiration. And then so about half of her Instagram is travel photos. And then half is, um, her actual work, her paintings, which is pretty similar to the way I do my Instagram as well. It's half places I've been and then half artwork. So she's my favorite one to follow. Um, another one I mentioned her earlier as my girl crush is Jessica Walsh. She is a graphic designer. Um, and a partner at Sagmeister and Walsh. So her Instagram is filled with these really, really like bright colors, cool things she's doing with typography, fun messages, um, things like that. Um, if you're looking for an Instagram account that's more uh, curated of different artists to follow, A Beautiful Mess is a really nice one. Um, what they do is they pull inspiring images from around Instagram and around blogs and things they follow. And so they'll show a picture of it and then link back to the... Uh, to where it originally came from. So it can be a really great page to find a curated collection and get ideas of more artists to follow. Um, awesome. Uh, what's, we're, we're I gonna, have to follow. Oh, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say that, you know, I know you have a list, so we're going to get that list. And I'm actually so excited. I'm looking for all these artists on my Instagram because we all want that inspiration, even even if we're not an artist. Like it's it's always great to, you know, just be inspired on Instagram with all these things. So we're going to definitely get that list. I'll get that list off of you with all the, you know, cool Instagrammers to follow. Uh, okay. Thank you for sharing that. And then now uh, let's talk about some of your favorite books. Um, favorite books. So I, I like to read books um, that are based in where wherever I'm living or visiting at that moment. So this last year, I went through a lot of um, Vietnamese authors and books. Um, I listened to a lot of audiobooks as well. So if you are a fan of, um, let's see, I'm scrolling down. <laughs> oh, um, so when I'm traveling, I, I read quite a bit. So One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest always has a special place in my heart by Ken Kesey. Um, that was when I went to go study abroad in Germany. That was the book that I read on the plane on the way there. Um, it's still one of my favorite books. And it just reminds me of, you know, starting this new journey in life where I'm heading out to some new place. And plus, it's a, a really, really well-written inspirational book. Um, I also read a lot of David Sedaris. Are you familiar with David Sedaris? No, no. Okay. Um, he, he's an American author and he, he writes comedy. Um, but it's a lot of stories of his own personal life that are just horribly funny in the worst ways. Um, he grew up in the, in the fifties and his parents are just, you know, like drinking wine and not paying attention to the kids. So a lot of his stories are derived from his childhood. And, um, 
it's it's just it's hilarious to read. It's the I can't read read his books on airplanes because I'll burst out laughing when I read his stories, and it's just weird to do that on an airplane. That's um, so funny. I but love he's that. Definitely, yeah, he's my favorite author. Um, and then uh, another one that I recently read that I absolutely loved is The Martian by Andy Ware. Uh, the movie came out a couple of years ago. I don't yeah, know I, lo- I love the movie. Yeah, The Martian. Oh, if you love the movie, you should definitely read the book. It's amazing. Cool. Okay. Thanks so much, Kat. And again, we are going to have all of that in a really nicely designed PDF that um, all the listeners can subscribe to, plus your free uh, desktop wallpaper and uh, the the phone wallpaper. Uh, So listeners, don't forget about that. And uh, okay, I think we're almost done, Kat. Before you tell us about your amazing course, one last question that I have for you is, what would you like to be written on your tombstone? Oh... Man, uh, I guess I was supposed to be cryogenically frozen because that's the plan. Um, uh, On my tombstone, let me think. Well, I don't know if I'm ever going to have kids, so it can't be like, lovely mother, (laughs) da-da-da. Probably just something really cliche, like live your life to the fullest, you know, explore, be creative and enjoy yourself and have fun. And that's That's probably going to be an illustration by your own hand. I can imagine (laughs) it'll be calligraphy. It's going to be print on demand. (laughs) (laughs) That would would actually be a good business idea, you know, print. I mean, it's a sad subject and everything, but like print on demand tombstones, you know, (laughs) that would be great. I think. (laughs) Okay. So uh, let's talk about where uh, people can check you out, read your stuff and all of that. So actually, we are collaborating with you. So for everyone who wants to check um, cat stuff, you can go to girlskill.com slash cat. So like a cat, C-A-T. And all the Girlskill listeners get a 20% off with the Girlskill um, checkout code. So if you go to girlskill.com slash cat, that's going to redirect you to Kat's website and any of the prints that she has there. Uh, uh, you can order and they can um, basically you can get everything on the website for 20% off if you use the code GIRLSKILL. And now, Kat, tell us about your new course on Skillshare. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier um, about this kind of community behind what I'm doing. And it kind of started because I was receiving a lot of emails from people asking um, for advice on how to get started with print on demand and licensing. Um, so I'd always respond back. And then it got to the point where I was getting enough of those that I realized that there was definitely a demand for it. So I thought about putting together um, a really long blog post. And then um, I kind of discovered Skillshare, which is this uh, online website where you can take courses. They're all video courses by creative. So you can learn something like how to do calligraphy, how to um, monetize your creative business. It's, it's any creative course that you're ever interested in is probably available on Skillshare. So I just uploaded a new course there. And it's all about, um, it's my step-by-step guide to art licensing. And it's helping artists learn how to sell their first piece of artwork online. So it's 11 short videos long. Each video is between two and six minutes. And what it does is it gives you all the steps that I take to monetize um, my art business. So it's everything from uploading tips, how to price your artwork, getting featured by print-on-demand websites, growing your followers on social media, um, it's it's all the steps that I take to monetize my business and um, and grow my sales. So um, I just launched it last week, and it's already at 
about, oh, wow, I just checked. It's at 857 students. So Oh, wow, that's amazing. Where, where can people find out more and check your course? Um, I'll send you a link that's post your website, but just off the bat, it's skl.sh slash catcoke, C-A-T-C-O-Q-3. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a lot of consonants to remember, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll link to that. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll give it to you for show notes. For sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's, um, and then there's a class discussion board as well. So if you, if you have any questions, you can post them and I'll read and respond to everything. Mm-hmm. How much is the course right now? Oh, okay. So with my link um, that we'll have on your uh, show notes, it's, actually free to sign up. So it'll give you a two month free membership to Skillshare, which will give you access to this course plus every other course that they have on their website. So um, if you don't want to pay anything, that's totally fine. Just cancel your membership after two months. But in the meantime, you can watch as many courses as you can pack in. This platform is really, really great. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So they have this offer where with, with your links, so you sign up to try for two months for free where you can take any courses, including yours. And then this is where the membership after that kicks in. Right, right. So if you don't want to pay for the membership, just cancel in advance. But um, it only works through this link that I have. So if you just go to the website, you won't get the free You'll have to do it through the leg. That's an amazing offer. Oh, my God. So many goodies in this episode. I'm so excited. I'm like, what? This is amazing. Okay, awesome. We're going to link to all of that. And now, Kat, I want to thank you so much for coming. Uh, For everyone who wants to follow you on Instagram, check out your artwork. Well, for everyone who wants to check out your artwork, you go to girlskill.com slash Kat. But also just, you know, if they want to go straight to your website and to your Instagram or anything else, just tell us where listeners can find you. Yeah, my website is catcoke.com, C-A-T-C-O-Q. Um, and then that's that same handle for everything on social media. So it's catcoke on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. Awesome. And we're going to link to all of that in the show notes. All right, Kat. Well, you have a beautiful day in Chiang Mai. And thank you so much for coming. Lots of wisdom, lots of everything. And your paintings are incredible. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, me too. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Cat Cock. Cat <laughs> Cock, Cat Cockylet. Uh, she's awesome. And if you took some valuable lessons from it, which I'm sure you did and I know you did, please give back and charge your karmic energy. The only thing I ask you is that you share this episode with a girlfriend who is a starving artist still and needs help and needs this information to push yourself forward. You know, I find it incredible. Like I had a conversation with my sister and other people who just still believe that art, like if you're an artist, writing, painting, whatever, whatever, uh, you can't make money. Like that's just not the case. And I just feel like this online world has opened so many doors for, for artists. And it's just incredible what you can do through video, through art, for painting, you know, through writing, especially through art. Uh, and Kat is a proven example of that. And so share it with a girlfriend who is an artist or maybe looking for passive income ways to sell her art. Go to girlskill.com slash 4040 and send her to that or just share this episode straight from your podcasting app, girlskill.com slash 40. And if you haven't managed to take note of all the amazing resources, books, apps, and uh, people to follow, no worries, catcock's resources. Uh, I just like catcock. Uh, get them at girlschool.com slash 40. All right. Have an awesome week running with the wolves and wolves. And I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. GirlSkill.com. Female success redefined. Oh, my God.